0: Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily Number 73. It is Tuesday, February 25th, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and poor PayPal. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client focused and security minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N W A J tech.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another exciting Tuesday in the tech world. Um, Hey, if you could, whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, Apple, Google, Stitcher, uh, Anchor, where this is hosted, any other podcast platform I'm missing, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch, um, like us, comment, leave us a review, share it out, anything you could do to help us grow and be able to share this information with the rest of the world would be great. Also, if you are in a HIPAA-compliant business or a business associate, go to Facebook and type in Get HIPAA Compliance in the search, and then join that group because we provide lots of great information, including some on this show today. All right, let's kick it off. Um, Let's start with the PayPal news. Again, PayPal taking some heat. PayPal users hit with fraudulent target charges via Google Play or Google Pay, sorry, that is on bleeping computer. Hackers are using an unknown method to make fraudulent charges on PayPal accounts linked via Google Pay. These transactions are being charged through Target stores or Starbucks in the United States, even though the account holders are in Germany. Starting on February 22nd, numerous people in Germany began reporting that their PayPal accounts linked to Google Pay were being charged with fraudulent transactions ranging from uh 173 euros to 1800 euros many reported that their accounts were first hit with a small transaction ranging between 0.01 euro or to comma euros which were most likely used as a test soon after they were hit with numerous charges from target stores in usa with most being located in new york and north carolina the List of uh, known target stores is listed on this article. And then, when users first started reporting issues, they were having difficulty setting ref- getting refunds from PayPal. Today, users in German, Google Pay, PayPal, Target Hack 2020 victims Facebook group have started have stated that PayPal has begun refunding these fraudulent charges. Some others, and I have already received emails from PayPal that a reported payments will be credited to the linked bank account. One user posted a Facebook account. Um, Possible link to reported PayPal vulnerability. So we did report this vulnerability yesterday after German media started reporting about these fraudulent transactions. A security researcher known as iBlue tweeted that this may be related to a vulnerability they reported to PayPal a year ago. Or maybe this isn't the same one I reported yesterday. According to iBlue, you can link PayPal accounts to Google Pay to make contactless payments through a virtual credit card. The vulnerability iBlue reported allowed nearby mobile users to read the virtual credit card and make through that are deducted from the associated PayPal account. i uh, not sure what they were trying to say there, but PayPal allows contactless payments via Google Pay. If you have it set up, you can read the card details of the virtual credit card from the mobile If the mobile device is enabled, no authentication. So basically anyone near your mobile phone has a virtual credit card which deducts money from your PayPal account. It's not limited in validity or amount. So PayPal, this is the third thing that's come up for them in the last couple of weeks. Um, Really, really taken a beating lately. Sleeping computer, new, new Mozart malware gets commands, hides traffic using DNS. A new backdoor malware called Mozart is using DNS protocol to communicate with remote attackers to evade detection by security software and intrusion detection systems. Typically, when a malware phones home to receive commands that should be executed, it will do so over the HTTP or HTTPS protocols for e- ease of use in communications using HTTP or HTTP. HTTPS communication to communicate though has its drawback is security software normally monitors this traffic and for malicious activity if detected the security software will block the connection in a malware that perform the HTTP or HTTPS connection. In a new Mo- Mozart backdoor discovered by Malware Hunter team the malware uses DNS to receive instructions from attackers and to evade detection. Um, using DNS text records to issue commands DNS a name resolution protocol that is used to convert a host name such as example.com to its IP address ninety three dot one eighty four dot two sixteen dot thirty four so that software can connect to the remote computer. Uh, so essentially what's happening here is this Mozart malware is phoning home using DNS and they're using DNS IP address. Well they're using IP address uh at right now anyway of um ninety-three dot one eighty eight dot one fifty five dot two so to stop this, you can block that. However, they're going to change that, so then that method is just um, just a waste of time. Instead, you could keep an eye out for novel methods of malicious communication, and if your security software and intrusion systems can monitor DNS text queries, you should enable it. So one more thing to look out for. Um, we have an article on ThreatPost. About Apple takes heat over vulnerable iOS cut-and-paste data. Software developer builds a malicious proof-of-concept iOS app that can read data temporarily saved to the device's clipboard. Any cut-and-paste data temporarily stored to an iPhone or iPad memory can be accessed by all apps installed on the specific device, even malicious ones. That data can then reveal private information such as a user's GPS coordinates, passwords, banking data, or a spreadsheet copied into an email. Shedding light onto the potential harm of the scenarios, German software engineer, Tommy Misk, as spelled M-Y-S-K, who was trying to raise awareness around what he believes is an Apple vulnerability. To illustrate his concerns, Misk created a rogue proof of concept app called Clipboard Spy and an iOS widget named Clip Spy Widget. Both were, are designed to illustrate how an app Any app installed on an iOS device can act maliciously and access clipboard data and use it to spy or steal sensitive personal data. To highlight and demonstrate his concerns, Ms. told threat posts he focused on photos taken by a device's camera that contain time and GPS metadata that could be used to pinpoint a user. So uh, Apple, you know, he might be looking, Apple has a pretty high bounty, um, reward program, so he might be looking for that, but you know, it's a legitimate concern, so we'll see if that develops into anything. Malvertising back to bleeping computer, malvertising in government enterprise targets old software and Macs. A new report on malicious advertising underscores the importance of using modern web browsers and making sure your operating system is up to date with the latest security updates to prevent being infected when threat actors perform malicious advertising or malvertising, they target their ads at specific web browsers and operating systems. For example, malvertisers pushing exploit kits will show ads to Internet Explorer users as they target the browser's vulnerabilities, and ads pushing the Mac Schlayer Trojan will only show the ads to macOS users. Based on the analysis of 378 million blocked malicious ads over three months between October 15th 2019 and January 15th of 2020, Confiant, Confiant illustrates how companies and government agencies are targeted based on browsers or operating systems. Some government agencies continue to use Internet Explorer. This is kind of scary because Internet Explorer has been, um, has been t- really Microsoft Edge has been, has taken the place of Internet Explorer. It is still available on computers, but, um, shouldn't be used and i know the reason that some of them use it is because they're using software they're using applications that only work in internet explorer so it might be time to revisit that uh, macs are targeted more in fortune 100 companies so there was a report last week that mac actually was targeted more than windows for malware last year and then of course malvertising can lead to a compromised network so something to think about when you're using those old programs Bleeping Computer Report, Raccoon Malware Steals Your Data from Nearly 60 Apps. An info-stealing malware that is relatively new on cyber-criminal forums can extract sensitive data from about 60 applications on a targeted computer. The malware scene is constantly changing, and what used to be top of the line a few years ago is now available for a modest price by comparison and a much richer set of features. Raccoon Info Stealer was observed in the wild for the first time almost a year ago and has quickly gained in popularity Popularity due to its low price and generous features. It's uh, unsophisticated, unsophisticated, yet good enough, also known as Legion, Mohazo, and Rassiler, or The Malware was initially promoted only on Russian-speaking forums, but it soon made its entrance to the English-speaking space. The malware was first seen in the wild April 2019, and it is distributed under the Malware-as-a-Service (MaaS) model for $75 a week or $200 a month. For this money, the attackers get access to an administration panel that lets them customize the malware, access stolen data, and download the builds of malware. This model is widely adopted today because it opens the door to a larger number of cyber criminal customers, many lacking the proper technical knowledge but compensating in business experience. An analysis from CyberArk found that it was written in C. It is far from being a complex tool, however, it can steal sensitive and confidential information from almost 60 programs, browsers, cryptocurrency wallets, email, and FTP clients. All the popular browsers, Chrome, Firefox, Microsoft Edge, Internet Explorer, Opera, Vivaldi, Waterfox, Seamonkey, UC Browser are on the list of targets, along with more than 20 other solutions, which are robbed of cookies, history, and autofill information. And guess what's stored in that information? hot cryptocurrency apps like electrum ethereum exodus jackson monaro are of interest searching for their wallet files in the default locations however however raccoon also can scan the system to grab wallet.dat files regardless of what where they are stored from the email client software category raccoon looks for data from at least thunderbird outlook and foxmail Uh, So, one more thing for you to look out for, and if you weren't aware that malware as a service was a thing, now you are. Um, Windows 10 gets temp patch for critical flaw fixed and buggy update. I meant to report this yesterday. Somehow I missed it. Until Microsoft releases a permanent solution for the troublesome KB4532693 update, enterprises with Windows 10, 1903, and 1909 are forced to delay applying the security fixes that come with it. For the remote code execution vulnerability in explorer 9 10 and 11 tracked as cve 2020 0674 though there is available a temporary third-party fix there is information that this vulnerability has been exploited in wild in limited targeted attacks which makes it more concerning to companies attackers can leverage it to silently execute arbitrary commands on an unpatched system when the user visits a specially crafted website the severity of the issue prompted microsoft to provide a short-term patch until kb4532693 became available however it became with a note about possible negative side effects for features using the jscript.dll file it also causes printing to fail on hp and other usb printers next came patch tuesday delivering the kb4532693 update that should have solved the problem but created even more problems if you're not in the loop about trouble it creates for some users checkout, so they have a link to another article if the TL semicolon dr of it is that the update prevents restoring the original user profile leaving a temporary profile instead the data is not lost it is stored in a point zero zero or dot ba okay so which we, t- we reported this where people were losing profiles and actually I saw Funny enough, somebody posted on Craigslist that same problem and wanted to know if anybody had a solution. Um, so that is the short version of it. That's what TL slash uh, semicolon TR DR is too too long. Don't read is what that stands for. But um, so there's an issue. There is a temporary fix. Hopefully, they get it addressed soon. And then finally, we have uh, we didn't have any HIPAA breaches to report this morning, so that's good news. However, UW Medicine faces class action lawsuit over 974,000 record data breach. Several lawsuits filed against healthcare organizations over data breaches in recent weeks with University of Washington Medicine, the latest to face legal action for exposing the PHI of patients. The lawsuit has been filed over over a December 2018 data breach that saw the personal information of 974,000 patients exposed over the internet as a result of a misconfigured server. A misconfigured server contained an accounting of disclosures, database that included patient names, medical record numbers, a list of parties who had been provided with the patient data and the reason why the information was disclosed. Some individuals also had information exposed relating to a research study that were that were enrolled in their health condition, and the name of the lab test that had been performed. For certain patients, sensitive information was exposed. According to the lawsuit, that includes a patient's HIV test taking history and in some cases the patient's HIV status. Social security numbers, financial information, health information, health insurance information, and medical records were not exposed. Uh, The server configuration occurred on December 4th. I'm sorry, the server misconfiguration occurred on December 4th, 2018. UW Medicine was alerted to the breach when a patient discovered a file containing the records that had been indexed by Google. UW Medicine found and corrected the misconfiguration on December 26th, 2018, so that's 22 days later. UW Medicine explained in a press release issued on February 20th, 2019, that the database was accessible for a period of three weeks and UW Medicine worked closely with Google to have all indexed information removed from Google servers. That process was completed on January 10th, 2019. The lawsuit filed in King County Superior Court alleges UW Medicine was negligent and failed to properly safeguard the protected health information of its patients and did not inform patients promp- promptly that their PHI had been exposed. The lawsuit alleges patients have suffered real significant and continuing injury Suffered distress and loss of reputation as a result of the breach and have been placed at increased risk of identity theft, fraud, and abuse. The lawsuit also references an earlier UW Medicine data breach as further evidence of inadequate information security practices. In 2013, malware infection that occurred as a result of an employee opening an infected email attachment. That in- incident impacted 90,000 patients. The investigations of the breach by the HHS OCR found UW Medicine have violated the HIPAA security rule by failing to implement adequate policies and procedures to prevent, detect, contain, and correct security violations. In 2015, UW Medicine settled the case with OCR for $750,000 and agreed to adopt a corrective action plan that included conducting a comprehensive risk analysis of security risks and vulnerabilities and develop an organization-wide risk management plan. Um, so, with that being said, this is the second lawsuit to pop up this week around HIPAA HIPAA breaches, and um, again illustrates what I've been saying for for a little while now that um, the OCR penalties are not going to be the end of your financial burdens under HIPAA breaches. So, nine hundred and what was it nine hundred seventy thousand people yet 974,000 records breached in a class action lawsuit that's going to be a hefty lawsuit if if it does come through. So, um that is going to do it for this edition of the Cybersecurity Proactive Daily, the product of IT Cybersecurity Daily. Until tomorrow, stay secure.